lives. But it's perfect in line with what we're talking about tonight. As we continue the series on boldness. And as we talk about it, if you have your Bibles, if you grab your Bible app, we're going to be in the book of Acts. You can open that up. And we're going to continue the series on boldness. And we're taking a look at the guys from the first century in the book of Acts where the early church is being birthed and there's so much persecution. They're just, the enemy is trying to shut this thing down. Jesus has died but has risen again and he's showed himself to his disciples. They went bonkers. They've gone nuts. They're just, they're freaking out like this is real and they're just on fire telling the world about what God is doing and they come against some crazy persecution. And that's where we've been the past few weeks. And last week we talked about our prayers, bold prayers. And I've already had several people come up to me tonight and just say, man, last week I began to change the way I pray. Last week I began to pray bold prayers. Because we said this about prayer. Prayer usually identifies a lot about what we believe or don't believe about our God. How we pray, what we pray about. We pray small prayers, it identifies that maybe we believe we serve a very small God. That God sits on the edge of heaven and goes, come on, give me something that I can just demonstrate my power in. And we're to pray, we were challenged last week to pray bold prayers. And tonight we're going to continue the series and really bring it to a close. I had one more, maybe I'll preach it sometime the rest of this year. But we're not having service next Wednesday night because we're celebrating Thanksgiving, and we're going to be with your family, and we'll talk about that a little bit at the end of the service, but we're going to close this series off with boldly speaking, boldly speaking, using our words. I know that there is a popular phrase, and I've even taught it to students for many years, and I believe in it, that, you know, we're to preach the gospel and then sometimes use words like our life is supposed to be this, uh, you know, our life is supposed to demonstrate the word of God and People are supposed to know who God is through our life. And I believe in that 110%, that our action and our life needs to match up to what we say. But the reality is, if we don't speak it, people won't know. They can see your life, but there comes a moment when you are to speak out, when we're to say, when we're called by Scripture to boldly speak what God has done in our life. And sometimes we've used that phrase, well, I'll let my life show people as an excuse to not say anything. We will be at work, and maybe someone will ask, well, why did you get off early on a Wednesday? Where do you keep going? And we'll just say, you know, just watch me. You know, well, no, that's weird. That's like a creeper. I don't want to just watch you. Where do you go? Well, you know, just, you know, I go. No, there comes a time where we are, we are challenged to speak boldly. And so tonight we're going to do that, obviously, with some parameters around God, God's word. But boldness, we've been saying this, it's in your notes, boldness is behavior born out of belief. That I believe something, I have faith in it, so therefore my behavior responds to my faith. And there is the essence of boldness. That's where it shows up. That I believe so much so that Jesus Christ was, was put on a cross and was crucified for my sins. But I believe even more so that he was raised from the dead. Therefore, I live that way. My behavior matches what I believe. I believe that Jesus Christ is alive and well inside of my life and is available to the whole world. Therefore, I behave that way. Therefore, boldness shows up in my life. And that's what we've been talking about. Where does, where does boldness, how does it born, where does it come from? It's when our behavior matches what we believe in our faith and what God's word says. And so tonight, if you're taking notes or if you're following along the app, tonight's big idea the big theme of tonight's message is simply this. 
We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. Isn't that true? We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. And not to offend anyone in the room, but to boldly speak what's on my heart. I truly believe that there are some people in this room, maybe watching online, that call themselves Christians that believe deeply more about their political party than they believe about their faith in Jesus because they talk a lot about that, but I don't hear a lot about Jesus coming out of their mouth. Now hear me. It was a crazy election season, and I get it. And I get it. It's been tough for both sides of this issue. But if I saw believers stand up and speak so boldly about the person of Jesus Christ in the same manner, this world would be a different place to live in. We've got to challenge ourselves to live and to speak boldly. Why? Because when we speak boldly, it shows people that we believe deeply about what this book teaches us. That God's word is true. That Jesus has changed us. We only speak what we truly believe deeply. It happens all the time, right? We, 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 we see a, a movie, right? And we love that movie. We'll tell everybody about that movie, won't we? I mean, we won't shut up. Everyone we talk to will be like, hey, did you see that movie? It was, I mean, it just like, that was me. One of my favorite movies was Inception when it first came out. You can ask my wife. Every person we went to dinner with for the first 30 days after I saw that movie, I told everybody the whole movie from start to finish. And then this happened, and they were in a dream within a dream within a dream. I mean, I was just deeply moved by that movie. But you're in the same boat. Don't look at me like I'm weird. You do that too, right? You hear a song, right? And it moves you so deeply, you can't help but dance. You can't help but do something. It changes your behavior. We got, we, because why? Because what comes out of our mouth when we speak is something that's deep inside of us. The Word of God says this. Whatever comes out of our mouth is an overflow of the heart. We've talked about that many times in this room. What comes out of my heart, it, it, I mean, what comes out of my mouth is an overflow of my heart. So if I'm speaking it, or I would dare say, if I'm not speaking it, it may not live inside of my heart. It may not live in the deep parts of me, because out of my heart, my mouth is going to speak. And we see this over and over and over again in Scripture. All throughout the book of Acts, so many times, I have a whole page here just filled with Scripture. Acts chapter 13, Acts chapter 13, 46, Acts chapter 14, Acts 28, Acts 28, 30, Acts 4, Acts 9, Acts 19. Over and over again, this is what the Word of God says, that they were challenged to boldly speak. Matter of fact, in Acts 9, we know this guy's name is Saul, right? Saul, before he was Saul, or before he was Paul, the guy that wrote, you know, two-thirds of the New Testament, his name was Saul. The Bible says this, Saul, so moved, right, moved about freely in Jerusalem, he, what did he do? He, you can, is it, a, you can read it, it's all right, it's, you're allowed to speak bold. we're talking about speaking boldly, and y'all didn't even speak boldly, come on. It says this, he went speaking boldly in the name of the Lord, right, here's another one, Acts chapter 14, so Paul and Barnabas, another set of guys, Paul, the same Saul guy, and another guy, Barnabas, sent, spent considerably time there speaking boldly for the Lord. Acts 4, here it is. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what did they do? They spoke the word of God boldly over and over again. I can go down to, I have tons of these verses throughout the New Testament where that's what these guys did. Why did they speak so boldly? Because they believed so deeply what they saw, what they experienced. They're not writing what they heard someone say about what someone say about what someone say about somebody says about she said, he said, they said, my third cousin said that the squirrel did. No, they were eyewitnesses to what they experienced. And they believed it so deeply that they were willing, all of them but John, to die for what they saw. To die for what they believed so deeply about. And they spoke boldly. 
So we're going to be in the story that we've been in all week long, all month long. The story is that Peter and John were walking and this lame guy who'd been there, I mean, he can't walk, 40 years. He'd been there. Everyone knows his name. They walk by him. This lame guy says, there's something about you that I want. Can I have it? And Peter and John says, we don't have any money. All right, uh, we, we have nothing to our name. But what we do have, because we believe so deeply about it, we'll give you. And they say, in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. This lame guy who hadn't walked in 40 years, he gets up and he walks into the temple. And so the people, the religious rulers, are baffled by this. All the church that's there, the, the people in the temple are baffled by this. They're going, wait, that's the lame guy. We know that's him. He's been there 40 years. He's been wearing the same clothes. And we know that's him. So he walks in. Everyone's baffled. The whole place is just blown away by what these guys just did. And they're brought into the Sanhedrin. They circle around them, and they begin to persecute them. They're arrested. They're brought before these guys, and they're, they're, they're being asked, to, well, how are you doing this? By what name? And Peter and John, last week we talked about this. I mean, they just boldly were like, dude, y'all killed Jesus. It was all your fault. And, uh, and we're here, and we're given the name of Jesus. That's how we did this. And that's the scene that we're in. And, and then they, 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 they hear these guys speak, and they're just stunned. And here's where we pick up the story. Now they're trying to figure out what we're going to do with these guys. Uh, we, we can't condemn them because the guy's walking. Uh, we'll be on the bad side of publicity if we do it. We, he's walking. But we cannot let this Jesus thing keep going. So they, that's the scene. They're, they're, they're talking amongst themselves. And here's what we pick up the story in John, uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 16. It says this, verse, verse 16. What are we going to do with these men? I love that. They asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. Come on, church. How, how cool would it be if our community just said, you know what? We don't understand everything that goes on at Westover Hills. We don't understand everything that goes, that the Word of God teaches. We don't understand, but we cannot deny that those people who spend time with Jesus are different, that those people who spend time with Jesus, they, they draw me into this. I don't understand it, but we cannot deny it. How amazing would it be if our community looked at this place that way? Looked at us and said, you know, we can't deny it. We don't understand it. We don't understand. We saw that guy pulled up in a wheelchair, but he walked out. We don't, we don't understand that. I, I can't explain it, but we cannot deny what's going on inside of this place. How awesome would that be? That's where they're at. And that's happened for some of us in this room. Some of us, you've been rescued. I know one of the young men that got baptized tonight, there are people in this room going, I don't understand, I don't understand. why is he in the tank? I don't get it. I know him. Why is he in the water? But they cannot deny that he's given his life to Christ and he's turned his whole world around. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You were hopped up on alcohol. You were on drugs. And people looked at you and go, I know you. You're the alcoholic. You're the addicted person. How are you able to do this? And you may even say, I don't know. It's Jesus. And, and, but they look at you and they go, I, I cannot deny what God has done in your life. That, that's this the scene. There's so much awesome boldness going on that people are going, I cannot deny. Something is happening here. And then they pick up in verse 17. But to stop this thing, what's this thing? Christianity, man. We got, we got to stop this thing. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to what? To speak no longer. Why? Because they understood the power of speaking boldly, even as the opposition. We've got to silence these guys. What is, what is igniting this movement is these gentlemen are not afraid to speak the name of Jesus. So the enemies, like the, the Sanhedrin are going, 
we got to get these guys to stop talking. Because if they stop talking, we'll take them out. Their movement will die out, right? No longer to anyone in this name. They can't even say the name. They're like, that, uh, that, they're, they're, they're so, they're, there's so much power in the tongue, they won't even say the name of Jesus because they don't know what's going to happen, right? Verse 18, then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, and I wish, I wish this was us. This is my prayer. I truly believe for young adult ministries, this is my prayer right here. What these guys say, judge for yourself whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. I would love to hear a generation say, you know what? I know what culture tells me to do, but you judge for yourself whether I'm to listen to culture or if I'm to listen to what God tells me to do. And I love this. I love this. Here it is. Catch this tonight. Catch this tonight because we're going to spend the rest of our time right here. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Did it get so deep inside of you that you cannot help but talk about it? Now I'm going to ask it in reverse. Maybe it hasn't gotten so deep into you because there's nothing coming out of my mouth. God, are you so, are, uh, do I believe in you so much? Have I seen the transformation in my life so much that I cannot help but tell people it's real? If that doesn't describe your Christian experience, and I'm telling you, you may not have met the Jesus that I know. You may not have met the Jesus of Scripture because everyone who ever met him, everyone who's ever surrendered their life to him cannot help but speak about what he has done in their life. So for one second, can we just do an audit and say, you know what, does that describe the person of Jesus that is deep down inside of me, or so the person that I'm describing weak and maybe a little frail. I'm nervous to bring him to my culture. I'm nervous to bring him to my job. I'm nervous to bring him to my political thing because people are going to tear him apart. No, no, no. The Jesus that I know of is able to withstand all of those places, and he can live and breathe and, breathe and exist in all of them because he's transformed us. Come on, let's just keep moving, all right? Because I believe so deeply there are four types of speaking I want to give us tonight, and we got to wrap this up. Four, four, if I can get to all four, great. If I'm not, I'm going to get to at least three of them tonight. Because I believe so deeply, I'm going to speak these things. I cannot help but, one, first speak boldness to encourage myself or to speak boldly to myself. Because I believe so deeply, I cannot help sometimes just look at myself in the mirror and go, no, 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 you are not who they say you are. You're who Jesus says you are. I, I, I cannot deny the fact that I have been transformed. I cannot deny the fact that I am a different person than when I was before Jesus, before I met Christ. I cannot deny it. So I start off by saying, because I believe so deeply, I have to sometimes just encourage. My, a lot of the message, my wife and I joke about this, but a lot of the message that we speak, our family lives it. We go through it. And my wife is constantly encouraging me to say, you need to pray on blessings, bro. You need to pray on some peace or something nice because you keep praying on fear. and You keep talking about, you know, struggles a couple of months ago. How about you pray something and preach something that our family can enjoy walking through, like joy, right? Maybe that's what we'll talk about at Christmas time. I don't know. But I cannot help speak boldly to myself. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, I get this idea from David. I love what David did. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. Have you ever been in that situation where everyone around you is like, I don't believe in you. I don't think you're going to be anything. I don't think you're going to mount anything. I think you're, gonna, you're the absolute failure. You're the worst. And maybe they even have stones of persecution. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. 
Do you know it's okay to say, I am somebody in Jesus? It's okay to encourage yourself. And when you hear your own voice, speak those things, not just in your mind. Not just as a matter of prayer in your mind and meditation, that's important. But the Bible says there's so much power in the tongue that when you speak, you could actually be breaking some, some damaging things in your life, some bondage over your life when you just speak, no, 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 no. I'm a child of God. No, 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 no. I'm more than a conqueror. No, no, no. I have not been given a spirit of fear. Come on, somebody. Y'all are cheering right there. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of joy and of love and of a sound mind. That's, that's who I am. It's okay to encourage yourself. Because you believe so deeply in who you are in Jesus, I speak boldly to myself. And I remind myself I am a child of God. Number two, uh, I, I believe so deeply, therefore I can't help but encouraging you or other people. That's how you know if you believe so deeply about this because it comes out of you and it spills on as encouragement to other people where you can speak life into people. Man, our whole social media world is filled with teardowns and, and, and opinions about all the other negative. I mean, how awesome would it be if, if the whole social media world was just flipped upside down and all you could do is say positive things about people? Man, there, there's been so many people who have committed suicide because someone said something negative, and maybe you even know someone who's been affected by that. Listen, we are changed from the inside so we can begin to encourage other people in our world and be a witness to them and to spread God's love to them. It's okay if you speak courage, encouraging words to somebody else because you believe so deeply about what Jesus has done for you. It's all right. That's a matter of fact. In Hebrews 3.13 it says, but encourage one another daily as long as you call it today. I love that. It's today. We're going to be saying that for the rest of our life, right? Today's today. Today is today. So today's a good day to do this. If you've never done this, today's the day. Today's today. As long as it's called today, you can do this. You can encourage one another. Do you believe so deeply about what Jesus has done? That maybe there's a family, a, mem- uh, a, a neighbor, or someone that you, you've maybe even got beef with or you, you've got strife with that you just need to call them up on the phone tonight and just be like, you know what? It's not worth it. Jesus forgave me. I forgive you tonight. I forgive you of all the mess you've done. Maybe we just need to spread this encouragement. But I'm scared. That's because God is challenging you to speak boldly and encourage somebody in your life. Come on, just think for a moment. Who is it? Who is it in your life? that God is calling you to speak encouragement to? Is it a, a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, a classmate, a complete stranger? I don't know. That happens to us all the time. It happened to us today while we're eating dinner at Cracker Barrel tonight, right? So my daughter just says, hey, do you know Jesus? I mean, she is not ashamed to speak boldness. And her pastor dad is like, babe, shh, calm down. You know, maybe, maybe you shouldn't do this right now. She's trying to get us our drink. I'm thirsty, right? The man full of faith trying to silence his daughter. I thought I learned my lesson by now. We got a dog. We got a house. I mean, everything is because she's praying about it. I just need to let her go. I just need to let her go. But listen, here's the, here's the reality. I believe so deeply, therefore, I, I have to boldly speak encouragement to others. And then I'll end with this. I'm going to omit one. I'll go to number three. It's in your notes, so you're not missing out if you have the app, all right? But I'm going to skip over number three. I'm going to go straight to number four. And that is this. I believe so deeply So I'm going to boldly tell the world about Jesus. I'm going to boldly tell you about Jesus. Everything I say, I'm going to point to him and what he's done in my life. Without Christ, I am a nobody. Without Jesus coming in and washing this sinful heart of mine, I'm a nobody. 
People ask us all the time, why are you always talking about making great and making new all the time? Making new, making great all the time. That's all I hear. Because this church will always exist to take people right to the throne room of God and say, here's our Savior. Because of Jesus, everything we've done, everything that we do points to him. Points to him. And tonight, maybe, maybe you grew up in a house where you weren't allowed to talk about Jesus. That name wasn't allowed to be spoken. Maybe it wasn't taught, you weren't encouraged to speak the name of Jesus in your house. But guess what? You're not in your house tonight. You're in his house tonight. And he's not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. And nobody here is ashamed to tell you that Jesus is the only way to live, is to have him in your heart. And the only way to die is to have given my life to him as my Lord and Savior. That's what happens in the book of Acts chapter 4. They say we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Have you seen and have you heard the name of Jesus? And if you haven't, you came in this place filled with pain, hurt, brokenness, timidity, shyness. I don't know what it is, but tonight, I think God brought you here so you can hear this, this special name. The name by which every knee will bow one day and confess is Lord and Savior. The name by which I can speak and people can be healed. The name by which I am saved. The name by which everyone who has called upon it has been saved. That is the name of Jesus. If you've never heard that name, maybe you, you've heard it talked about in an episode of The Simpsons, and, or maybe you've talked about, heard about it as a cuss word in a movie, but I'm here to tell you this most holy name is by which I am saved. His life for my sins, his payment for your sins. This powerful, wonderful name of Jesus. And we are to speak boldly. I speak boldly about Jesus because I believe deeply about him. I know where I would be without Christ. I have a buddy that I went to high school with that uh, we were best friends. My senior year, God changed my life. And I began to change my friendships. And I remember the phone call. I remember we had, I had a little flip phone, right? It was one of those, you had to pull the antenna out. I had one of those. I am that old, I know, right? But I was like, flip, flip. I remember, I remember the phone call. My buddy saying, hey, tonight's tonight, you ready? I'm like, dude, you know I'm not into that anymore. You know, I, I've decided to go a different way. You punking out on me? I, I told you, I, this is, it's not my life anymore. I've, I've met Jesus. Well, I'm going through with it, I don't care. Dude, can I convince you otherwise? No. All right. I'll talk to you later. Have a buddy in high school, and I still remember that phone call. To this day, he's still in prison for that night. And I've been out building a family, celebrating ministry, and leading people to Jesus. Both of us could have been in exact. I know where I would be without Jesus tonight. I know where I would be without Jesus tonight. I know. But I'm here humbling myself, saying, God, it's because of you. Everything I have is because of you. Tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed all over this room, why do we do that? It's a churchy thing, I know, but we found that sometimes when we keep our eyes open and look around, we're distracted. So we do this to just get our minds and our hearts just undistracted. Maybe for the first time all month long, it's the first time you've actually stopped and thought about your spirit, your soul, the thing that lives forever. The very thing that Christ went to the cross for was your heart, your soul. You don't think much about it because 
you've let it go or you don't think, you don't believe or whatever the reason is, but you've not paused and thought about this part of your life ever or in a really long time. But tonight I cannot leave this place without boldly saying Christ died for you. His forgiveness and his love is available to you. But yeah, but you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter. His love fills the void. His love covers all the sins that we could ever commit. If you're in this room or watching online even, you're saying, you know what, I've never heard that name. I've never spoken that name in my own heart. I've never given my life to Jesus. Tonight I want to give you that bold opportunity to say, yes, I put my faith in him. I put my faith in this person of Jesus tonight. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, that's me, Pastor Mike. I need to give my life to this wonderful Savior that we just sang about. If you're in this room and that's you, listen, we're not here to make a spectacle of you, but we want to lead you. We want to help you find that. If you say that to me, will you just lift your hand all over this room? I need Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And I walked in here, I see your hands. You can put them down. I'm not here to embarrass you. I see your hands. Two hands there. I see your hands. Anybody else? I see your hands. I see your hands going up. I see your hands. I see your hands. You can put them down. I see your hands. Watching online. Respond. Don't don't let a computer screen stop you from what God's trying to do in your life. Just respond. Hands all over this place. I see you, ma'am, in the back. You can put your hand down. I see you, both of you. Yes, put your hands down. God sees your hands. God sees your hands. Anybody else? Come on, don't miss this opportunity. The Word of God says that all I have to do is open my mouth and believe. Confess with my heart. Confess. That's what we're going to do in this room boldly. We're going to speak it out of our mouth, not just in our mind. It says speak the name. Anyone who speaks the name calls upon the name. I can't call upon my wife or call upon my kids in my mind. They won't hear me. i gotta, I got to speak with my mouth. i got to boldly declare, I need you, Jesus. I don't have to scream it, but i got to boldly believe it in my heart. Today, boldness is beginning to be born in this room because your belief and your behavior are about to smack right up against each other. They're going to align tonight because you're putting your faith in Jesus. Every one of you who raised your hand, for the sake of those who raised their hand, those that are believers in this room, we're going to encourage them tonight. We're going to say this prayer out loud. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. There's no power in my prayer specifically, the specific words. There's no special order is what I mean. It's just I believe what I'm saying. And when you begin to pray this prayer and you believe that's what the Word of God says, faith in Christ is where salvation lives. Faith in Him and you're putting your faith in Christ. And I'm going to lead you in this prayer. My request is that you would repeat, but let it come from your heart, not just from your mind. Would you speak it together with me all over this room? Dear Heavenly Father, I recognize today that I have sin in my life and it separates me from you. But you sent Jesus Christ, the perfect sacrifice for my sins. And he died on the cross and he paid the payment of my sins. But more importantly, he rose again. And I now have freedom from all of my sins. In that name, the name of Jesus. Jesus, I invite you to be Lord and Savior of my life. I accept your gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, I am alive.